Good evening, Marketplace. It's Overseer Daphne. I am so honored to be with you all again tonight. We had such an amazing time Sunday um, journeying through Ezekiel 37. And so I'm just here tonight to kind of put a book in on my section on speaking like the Father in tough times. Listen, thank you for those of you who have already sent messages of your testimony about how God has moved already in your valley of dry bones. It is my belief that this is just the tip of the iceberg. God is truly bringing forth revival and it has to start in our home. So I pray that as we journey through tonight's text, that the same will be done for you. If you have not already seen the move of God, I believe that it is forthcoming. So let us pray and we will go right back into this text. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray and we ask that you move in a mighty way through me, Lord, that your people will hear what the spirit has to say to the church, God. We pray that ears are open, that hearts are open, God, and that lives will be transformed through the power of the Holy Ghost and through the tool of your word. God, we thank you for preachers. God, we thank you for preaching time, and we thank you for using vessels like myself, God, to speak to your people. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be found acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. Is in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So Sunday, I argue that as consecrated believers, we have to speak like the father in tough times. I said that when we speak what God tells us to say, we can see the miraculous happen in our lives. We were given these three truths by Bishop Lyons a few weeks ago that we have to be able to hear the father in order to speak what he says, that we have to trust what we hear, and then we have to speak like the father in Ezekiel chapter 37, we have this amazing opportunity to see the vision of the prophet Ezekiel while in Babylonian um, captivity. He was in exile. He had been taken out of the city of Jerusalem. And many people, including probably himself, were going through an identity crisis. They were no longer doing things the way they needed to do. They weren't at home. They weren't with their people. They didn't have the beautiful temple that they had before to worship God. And so they found themselves in an identity and a faith crisis. The troubles of life had caused them to question God, to question who they were, to question what God's plan was for them. And many of us find ourselves there as well. Life can get so lifeish that we find ourselves wondering, God, what on earth are you doing? And what God told Ezekiel is the same thing that he tells us tonight. I have a plan for you, but you have to be an active participant in the manifestation of my promises. So let's look at Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life and I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. 
So I, Ezekiel, prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they should come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. I want to review a few points from Sunday just to make sure that they are, you know, sticking. The first thing was that in order for Ezekiel to receive the word of God, he had to allow the spirit to bring him into that valley of dry bones. For those of you who study Ezekiel, you know that um, verse chapter 37 is an, an amazing contrast to chapter 36. While they give the same message, the imagery is very different. When you look at um, chapter 37, it's very beautiful. In fact, um, John MacArthur says that this section is among the most glorious in all scripture on the subject of Israel's restoration to the Lord and national salvation. There's beautiful pictures of mountains and God talks about washing away sins and he talks about restoring the identity of Israel. And when we read chapter 36, it's this beautiful picture. So God shifts Ezekiel from this vision to a pretty gory, dirty, kind of depressing um, image and vision in chapter 37. Imagine going from glorious mountains to this valley and not just a valley, but a valley full of dry, dead bones. And what I said Sunday, I want to lean in on a little bit more. Don't confuse revelation of dead things as God forsaking his promise to you. If God gave you a promise, God gave you a promise. If God told you he can do it, God is able to do it. Just because you enter a rough season does not mean that God has forsaken his promise to you. Just because God allows you to see something about yourself that maybe is not that great does not mean you have disqualified yourself from the promises of God. Just because someone does something terrible in your life and you find yourself in a season of dryness or destitution or death does not mean that God has forsaken his promises for you. If you woke up today, if you're able to see this right now, God still has a promise for you. And the promises of God are always yes and amen. But the other thing that I want us to realize is that the bones that we saw indeed were dry. These were not newly revealed bones. These were not bones underneath flesh and sinew, but they were dry bleached bones, meaning that they were completely cut off. So I want us to paint the picture of what God was telling Ezekiel to see. These were dried bones, meaning that there was no skin left, no fur left, no hair left, no essence. And when we see the word bones here in this text, we are referring to essence. We are referring to promise. We are referring to hope. And I reminded us that life does have a way of not only killing our hopes, but killing any remembrance of the hope. There, It takes the skin off of us. It takes the shape off of us. It takes the hair and the stench and the smell off of us. And it us as these dry brittle bones but God tells Ezekiel that the bones can live 
When God asks us questions, he's not asking us questions because he does not know. God is all knowing. So when he asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? He's giving Ezekiel an opportunity to demonstrate his faith. And Ezekiel gives the model that we need to follow. He says, Lord, you know. In other words, I have no idea what you have intended for this situation, but I am going to listen to what you have to say. I want to see what you're going to do. Do. And in that moment, God activates the authority of Ezekiel by telling him to speak his word. And that's what God is telling many of us to do today as well. He tells Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones. And this is where many of us struggle. Many of us are in a season of dry bones. We're brittle, we're bitter, we're destitute, we're desperate, and we have asked God to move on our behalf. But what has happened is God has given us a word and we're sitting back there like, mm-hmm, God, yes, yes, yes. And God is saying prophesy. Now, this word prophesy in Ezekiel 37 is the Greek word haza. And that Greek word means to speak forth of the mind and will of the Lord. In other words, God is saying, say my will to your situation. Speak my word over your situation. I need you to bring forth the will of God. And many of us struggle with this type of instruction for two reasons. Either one, we want to speak our mind. We want to speak our will. We want to bring our emotion to the situation because if we're honest, we don't trust that God will honor our emotion. We don't trust that God will handle the situation that we feel the way we feel it should be handled. So we come and say, thus says Daphne, I'm tired of your mess. Thus says Daphne, get it together. Thus says Daphne, you've got three days to get it straight. Thus says Daphne, this is how much I'm going to pay. Thus says Daphne, I don't want to have to do any new diets. I don't want to have to cut anything out. I don't want to have to work out. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to change anything about me. This is the word of me. Deal with it because God has given me authority. And then we have the audacity to sit back and complain because nothing has changed. I dare you to go back and listen again to what God told you to do. And I'm, I have a sneaky suspicion that what God told you to say was his will. And when we came forth with our will, nothing happened because that's not what God told us to do. But the second reason we tend to struggle with this type of commandment is because we have been taught Maybe well-intentionedly, we have been taught to step back and watch God work. And there, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line between getting in God's way and being a part of your, the manifestation of his promise in your life. God is telling us to prophesy, speaking life, speaking his word, speaking his will, actively participating in our deliverance. And we tend to think that we are getting out of the will of God by speaking forth the will of God. If God tells you to prophesy, if God tells you, you need to start speaking life over your situation, you're not getting in God's way by speaking proper declarations over your life. You are not getting in God's way if your response to trouble is the will of God, is the word of God. 
if when you get a negative doctor's report, your response is by his stripes, I am healed. That's not getting in God's way. Rather, we tend to just cower down and say, you know what, Lord, you know all about my situation. So I'm just going to pray that through the word of God, things will be better. And you ain't spoke one word. You ain't spoke the word of God, but you're declaring through the word of God, things are better, but you haven't even said it. So I dare us to speak the word of God. We can't get so full of the spirit and so deep and so spooky that somehow we have become punks in the Lord. That's that doesn't even make sense. That's like an oxymoron. We are children of the king of kings. We are children of the God of angels armies. And we're scared to speak up. I encourage us to get bold, to start speaking, but speak the word of God. Prophesy over the word of God. But then the last thing that I, I told us on Sunday was that Ezekiel noticed that part of the promise had been filled the first time he prophesied. So he said, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And we see bone coming to bone. We see sinews. We see flesh. We see skin. But there was no breath. And this is where a lot of us tend to stop. I want to encourage us that as we start to begin to see the manifestation of God's promise and we see maybe there's a hiccup or maybe we see there's a pause or maybe we are confused on the instruction or maybe the picture we're seeing doesn't really match what we what we thought was going to happen. I encourage you then to listen to God. Hear what God is telling you to do in those next steps. Go see him again. It's no sin in saying, God, I thought you said that my credit will be restored. So I started at a 400 and now I'm at a 650. And this is not quite where I thought we was going to get. Instead of just saying, forget it. I'll just will always have that credit. Go hit, listen to him. And what God tells Ezekiel to do in this text is prophesy again and prophesy to the breath. So whatever your breath is in the situation, whatever the missing link is in the manifestation of your promise, whatever is the missing link in that reconciliation, whatever the missing link is in the revival, prophesy back to that and prophesy again the word of the Lord. Many of us are not getting fulfilled. We're not getting fully delivered because we lack follow through. And so we tend to just go backslidden, even though we've been doing so well. We see it time to time. We're watching people like, man, she was doing so good for the last five years. And now she's back in a whorehouse. Man, he was doing so good. Now he's back in a crack house or he back out there slinging drugs or or they back to being an adulteress or being an adulterer. What is going on? And oftentimes what has happened is we started prophesying. We started aligning and things didn't work out the way we thought they would work the first time. And because of our lack of follow through, because of our inability to go back to God and hear him again, we have not done what God has told us to do, which is to prophesy again. So I encourage you to speak and prophesy to the breath. But tonight I want us to journey a little bit further and I'm actually almost done in the same chapter. So let's go to verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. This is what Jerusalem is saying while they're in exile. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, 
Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. God is calling us out of our graves. We can't get comfortable in our graves. Okay, we have the authority to rise up, but many of us have gotten so defeated, <laughs> We have gotten so comfortable in our destitution, in our dryness, in our brokenness, and our bitterness that it has actually become our identity. People are so used to you being insecure, are so used to being promiscuous or or uh, addicted or or a backbiter or an adulterer or adulteress or 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 overweight or or sick or broke. That when God actually starts saying things, we're just like, oh, I'm comfortable in my grave. And God starts pulling us out. He's calling us out of our graves through prophecy. The voice of authority pulls us from death. The voice of authority pulls us out of dead situations. The voice of authority pulls us out of dead identities. identities. We are the apple of God's eye. We are a royal priesthood. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. Any identity that contradicts those is a lie. We have to find identity out of the grave. God is calling us out. And the way he will call us out is by our ability to speak his will over our situations. I want to encourage you to continue to prophesy. And a lot of us are saying, well, overseer death. I mean, I hear that. I just don't have it in me. I can be honest. I've been in those seasons when I just don't have it in me to keep prophesying. <laughs> I don't spoke the will of God and nothing is changing. I have spoken the will of God and I have gotten bad report after bad report. Things tend, things seem like they're getting worse. How on earth am I supposed to keep prophesying? I'm glad you asked. Well, God tells us, how to do it in Ezekiel 14. He says, I will put my spirit within you. Guys, we need the Holy Ghost. I don't care how new age, how woke, how relevant, how hip we get. We need the Holy Ghost daily. We have to be filled with the spirit of God if we want to walk on this Christian journey. We have to be so sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit that nothing else phases us. We have to be rooted and planted in the word of God. We have to eat it. We have to eat the word of God and stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And the way we do that is through daily study. The way we do that is through staying in worship, staying in prayer, by having godly covering, and by having brothers and sisters in Christ. This whole discipleship thing, it really is impossible without brothers and sisters. There's no reason for us to be sitting here trying to struggle doing this by ourselves when you have some help. We have to stay filled with his spirit.
Psalm 1 tells us, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. If we want to prophesy and see our dry bones restored fully, not just brought back to bodies, but with breath standing as encompassing great armies. If we want to see that, we have to meditate on the word of God day and night. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to worship. We have to pray. But we have to seek godly counsel and have godly circles. He says those who do who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. We can't think that if all day long we watch trash, all day long we listen to trash, all of our friends are full of drama, all of our friends are wicked, none of our friends are saved, none of our friends are trying to live holy, none of our friends are faithful to their wives or their husbands, all of our friends are overweight, all of our friends are in debt, all of our friends are poor stewards and terrible parents and terrible employees that we're going to see any goodness in our lives. The Bible gives us prescriptions. It tells us how to fix our situations. We have to quit looking in the sky for answers and look in the tools that God has given us. The word of God, the spirit of God, the ecclesia, the body of Christ. Is that so simple? We tend to miss it. God wants to bring forth revival and he is. The truth is revival is already here. It's just a matter of are we going to get to ride the wave of revival? There's dry bones. In order for revival to come forth, it has to be something dead. <laughs> Stop looking at your dry bones as a curse and rather look at them as an opportunity for the move of God. We have to activate the voice of authority in our lives. It's no good to have all this word, to have all this power, to have all this gifting and talent. If no one sees it, if you don't share it, if you're still too scared to activate that authority. I dare you to activate it today. And even if you don't see the manifestation immediately, prophesy again. As consecrated builders, we have to speak like the Father in tough situations. Remember, it doesn't have to make sense. If God said he can, he can. Go to your dry bones today and say, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord and watch how God brings forth armies, brings you out of graves, and restores whatever dead thing there was in your life.